You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera and everything in between, if you have a piece of hunting gear or a piece of hunting equipment that needs a battery, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. You can go to a local retail store. Or you can go visit online at interstatebatteries.com. They have thousands of local retail shops all over the U.S., so you can go there as well. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Land and Legacy podcast. This is your number one host for all things land. We're your hosts, Matt Dye. And Adam Keith. Appreciate you guys listening along. We hope you sit back and enjoy all the topics revolving around hunting, habitat management, conservation, and land stewardship. All right, so we're going to give you guys a little bit of an update here on podcast number two for the week. Um, we're right coming up on the towards the end of October. It's a magical time, and it's only fair that you guys know what in the world's been going on um, the, with our season woods. and uh, with. Pretty much, I think, from the dawn of Land and Legacy, from the creation, <clears throat> we've tried to be as transparent as possible with hunting and tactics and things. A lot of our business is real-life school of hard knocks education where there's things that we've royally screwed up and then we teach you and help landowners and help our clients make sure we don't make those same mistakes. So Cause, this cause is a then, podcast then that, that would could, be foolish. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, this is a podcast that could have easily been swept under the rug and we didn't talk about. Um, but uh, over the last two weeks, you've been traveling, I've been traveling, we've been consulting in Iowa, Oklahoma, Virginia, and Mississippi. Yep. And uh, so we have it. This is the first time we've been back in my office uh, here at my house in this gosh, been, let's a say month? the studio. Maybe the studio. it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while, and so it's the first time that we've got to sit down and talk and update you on a hunt that occurred. I think it was on the 11th or 12th of October. So it would have been the 12th. I flew out the 11th. Okay, and it was the next day. Yes, 12th. So on October the 12th. Um, as many of you are aware, there was a major cold front that swept across the Midwest and parts of even the Mid-Atlantic. Like That's it was, a, that cold front. Honestly, it almost like you know how hurricanes get names. It almost needed a name because it was yes. like, holy cow, are we really going to experience this kind of stuff? And at this portion of October, you always get like our average frost date was like the 18th through the 20th, somewhere right right in that window. You know what's interesting about average frost date? is if you look it up for our area, 
I could sit back and go, I don't remember a no. frost ever happening that early in the last 15 years. Um, and so, like, the average frost date for me, what I remember is usually that early October or early November. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ours is somewhere around mid-October Yeah, yeah. is what it's, they I, I want to say, say. It's like 16th, 18th, 18th, 20th, something like that. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, that, that's an average. So you're telling me that we t- – if that's if that's an average, then at some point we were experiencing frosts, fifth, sixth, eighth, tenth, yep. something like that of October, and so when this cold front came, though, it's like holy cow, there's a potential of a frost early. Yes, outside of what we our norm is, um, what we typically would experience. So I was sitting back, traveling and sitting there just watching the weather, and was like. Dudes, this is going to be awesome. Luckily, well, your brother the, came up. The worst part about it was we scheduled consulting months in advance. <laughs> months in advance because, and I, I swear, there's sometimes being too transparent might be a bad thing, but I'm going to say something here that, you know, growing up, you always heard, or in my teenage years and 20s, you always heard of this horrific October lull. Yeah, it was like, yeah. oh, somewhere around the 10th of October, there's going to ha- be a lull, and it's going to suck. The and deer just remember, the deer go year, nocturnal. And, I just need to go nocturnal this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's <laughs> like, wait, what happens? A deer's walking around and goes, okay, in 30 days, we're going to be in peak rut. So you know what? I'm not going to move right yeah, now. I ought to lay low for a little bit. <laughs> and it's like, well, usually that October lull is – what they call an Indian summer, or you get that just a warm, warm spell. spell. Yeah. It cools down a little bit late September, early October, and then you get another warm spell. And by this point, the deer have already got their winter coats on, and so they go nocturnal. It's Honestly, October is just a transitional month. So and, you're going to get highs, you're going to get some lows. But yeah, middle of, middle of October, you'll get some hot days. And I think that's what everyone just is like, oh, they're not moving. Well, no, they're not moving that well because it's hot out. Guys. Yes. It's like me right now. I haven't had a haircut in a while, and uh, I didn't enjoy the walk with my daughter today because I'm like, gosh, it's hot. Well, today today was 70 degrees, if not 72 almost here, but tomorrow is, what, 57? Yeah. Yeah. So it's It's like another chance of a frost this week, I believe. Uh Um, So anyway, that October lull, it's like ingrained. Oh, middle October, we might as well consult in because deer hunting's not going to be good. And we schedule all these consults, and then all of a sudden you're like, this might be the best cold front we have in October. I'm I going to say it probably was. Because, I mean, hard frost on the 13th, 14th? I don't remember. 13th, it would be thir- morning thir- the 13th. Yeah, yep. it was the following morning, following the hunt that the majority of this podcast is about. And so it was like, dang, I'm glad we did. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't. I had I had enough of a gap in between my two big consults yeah. to where I was able to hunt. You were gone for a full week and multiple consults in Virginia. And the problem is that you were gone, I was traveling. It was hard to kind of get much time in the stand, but it was like, okay, this whole cold front, this whole five days, we're going to lump it into... Better be... We're going to go two wood, days. Into woods. And those two <laughs> days are... The October twelfth and thirteenth, yeah. which which uh, was the the luckily the better of those that little cold front that passed through yes. was like the the leading edge, 
and then that I think following it rained morning. on the eleventh and part of the morning it on did, the twelfth. It did because my flight got delayed. It did. Yeah. It rained and then kind of broke loose. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say flight delays are all about uh, rain because I was. It seemed like this tr- this whole consult trip season in October, I was delayed constantly, and yeah. it wasn't for rain. But whatever. What was, I have no idea. Oh, that's right. You, yeah. That's, I was supposed to fly random. to Charlotte, and they switched me over to Dallas. Yeah. yeah. And then I was supposed to get home two and a half hours early, and then I ended up getting <laughs> home 30 minutes later than what I was scheduled yeah. going Bump. through Charlotte. Yeah. But anyway, um, the October lull, ooh, it wasn't really much of a thing this year. What's the thing now? The big, uh, I'm not going to get political at all, but was it fake news? Like fake. hashtag fake news I've seen all Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indian summer, Yeah. October, October lull was fake definitely news. long. Uh, was definitely wrong this year because those twelve, thirteen. Yes, that's not like if you're scheduling a hunt. It's like I'm going to go somewhere around the tenth of October. You don't usually do that. But this year, you would have. If you would have done that, you would have been. You would have timed it really, <gasps> really well. So well, anyway, and I think we've talked about like last year during the season, or maybe it was like the beginning of the the season last year. Where we did a podcast about like kind of our our go times. Like when we're like, okay, we really want to make sure that we're in the woods. We've got time this year or this portion of the season yeah. because it's October is just a wild card. You could get some where it's like, yeah, we'll hunt. We might, we could only even hunt maybe four or five days a whole month of October some years just to weather depending. But when you have these cold fronts, like actually that's that's the days I'm hunting. Yeah. I want to be there. So it's October is a weird month, but now we're getting into this swing of uh, as this podcast is releasing and, and now we're getting more into the crunch time but yeah now is the time whenever if you have the time just go <clears throat> yeah and it's because they're starting rapidly to, starting to be good quick. so we have this major cold front we're talking upper 70s low 80s and then all of a sudden one day is going to be a low of 30 and the high is 41 or something like that I think it's 49 or something yeah well that that next day was was still cold because it's yeah. remained a lot cloudier than forecast. Yeah. Um, so, Ch- you're flying. Chad and I are headed out. Chad, uh, our brother, got back in a few days ahead or a day ahead and ran some cards. Now, if you go back several podcasts to October, early September, we did a podcast talking about our hit list. Mm-hmm. And... Um, in that hit list, we talk about a buck that we just called Tall Eight last year because he was just a really nice That's 40 inch frame eight pointer. Yeah. It was and, great. Uh, last year. He was four and a half. Yep. Uh, we called him Flare the year before. Um, and my brother found a shed there uh, of yeah. him at three and a half. And then at four and a half, we hunted him. We never had encounters. He was a great deer. He just. But he was on the farm the whole the, the whole, whole time. fall the whole through time. the winter. Yep. I found his shed in April um, in this bottom field we call the north bottom of the Prairie Hollow property. Um, that last year we hunted it out of a ghillie blind. We put a yep. redneck ghillie blind in, and uh, through that through that whole season we had some great encounters with other deer. I shot a nice deer. You shot a nice deer. We just never had an encounter with this guy. Yep. Um, but, and he kind of we learned a lot last year. Yes, a lot. He uh, he kind of has his key places, and uh, anyway, one forty frame eight pointer called 
tall eight. Well, so many people drove us nuts about it, about why can't why you couldn't call a deer of that caliber tall eight because this year he's not a tall eight. He's a mainframe eleven pointer. Yeah, and he was driving everybody nuts. We told the story, so we call him Donuts because Donuts makes us go nuts. <laughs> um, well, anyway, in the process of putting everything together between last year and um, where I got, I got, I'm going to tell you a good idea. Okay. Later on. Um, on podcast or post podcast? On podcast. Okay. Um, we do a little bit of tweaking. We take the, <laughs> we didn't purposely take the ghillie blind out of there, <laughs> but a flood did and took it all the way across the field. The same flood. What is it? Was it the same flood that? Yes. Yeah. That, that, that flooded, flooded out the, the soybeans. Yeah. Yeah, took all of our, our all of our organic material off the farm, off the the food plot, and took it downstream. Yeah. Some people at, give away planting. their uh, a lot of people give away their rocks or their sand yeah. with the erosion. We give away our our uh, organic matter. Yeah, so you guys downstream, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, it's actually in Dad's fence. Yeah, um, it's where most of it is. But that's another story. Um, so with the ghillie blind out of there, we were kind of thinking, you know what? We had the discussion. The the food plot that this uh, that our our fiberglass redneck um, the Buck Palace where it sets you know last year didn't have a tremendous amount of activity it's one of those that we could use to kind of be a little bit more uh, contr- uh, better at controlling the scent let's move it to the north bottom where we'll have really good beans we'll have great Great food, great food plots, and we can sit with a little bit iffy winds and just close up all the windows and be fine. And it's it's a obviously a bottom field, so it gets planted in great summertime forages, overseeded or drilled back in. And then there's the option of of broadcasting a large portion of the let's say non traditional food plot. And over the past years, there's always just been deer late season in there. And there's a couple really good pinch points that filter in and out of that field. And it's the same bottom where we found donuts shed last year. Yeah. And there's just late season. Again, it's one of those places. It just always, they always do it. So we, we took that information from the past couple years, put it all together, said, you know what, let's get something more permanent here. Um, Something like you said, going to help win situation more times than not. And let's set it up right. And and there's been some social media posts, um, if you follow along on Facebook or Instagram, that's actually recently highlighted what that field looks like from heritage screen to the um, game changer beans and the blind itself. So if yep. you kind of get an idea of what the area looks like we're talking about. Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of a little bit part of – we, we talk about a little bit more in depth is this is a bottom field that um, – you can see with it being a bottom and, and occasionally throughout the year it'll get grazed by the cattle. So there's not a lot of the riparian area isn't grown up. And so if you're on one little side, one little field just across the creek, you can see all the way across this mm-hmm. one. It's not ideal. So we planted the one little field in it Heritage. It wasn't ideal, but we made it ideal. We planted the little field in Heritage and mowed a, kind of knocked the road in. Um to where through the heritage through itself. the heritage Killer and then uh, we planted 20 yards of heritage in front of the redneck blind 
And so now you have, you're walking through tall heritage blend, drop into the creek, pop back up, and you're in the blind and heritage blend. You're, yeah, you're going right up the ladder as soon as you get out of that creek. It's the only time you're curved. clearly visible if a deer's in the field is when you're on the ladder mm-hmm. and they're at a, they're to the side where they don't have the blind blocking them. So it's a really, really awesome access. Yes. Um, and it's short little walk, sneak in, sneak out. And uh, it's it's an incredible place. Mm-hmm. All summer long, it's got just up from this where the redneck sits. We have south facing slope, we have east facing slope, we have north facing slope. There's a bowl along a big ridge to where deer can really bed at any point during the year. They're going to be bedding just up the hill. And it's one of those ridges too that there or or slopes. There's no access into it. There's no access from the bottom. There's no access from the top. We just, like, if there was a sanctuary on the place, that would be it because you don't yeah. ever go off the ridge down and into it. You don't ever come up from the bottom from the food plot and go up in it to hunt it. The wind swirls. It's very preferable for a deer to be bedded in there. And this summer, too, we went and cut in two specific bedding areas on that ridge just to make it that much more predictable. It ended up being kind of three, though, right? Because you, you put one on the south-facing slope. Oh, they, I forgot about the one you guys did. Kind yep. of further around to the north. Yeah. Yep. So there's so, basically three yeah. across the place. And uh, so anyway, it's really it's set up really well. Well, the new redneck blind is called the donut stand because it's kind of set up in, in planned for donuts. Um, who is in the area, He's he was in the area all summer long. He was actually just up the valley. That was the first pictures we got of him this summer. Mm-hmm. That's his kind of core, close to his core area. and Definitely a place he frequents. Yes. But, so we've kind of overlaid our, our layout of this thing. So we've got standing soybeans with lots of pods. <clears throat> we have the heritage blend, screening the rednecks, screening our access, provided summer forage. And then we drilled in the legacy blend. So we have greens, grains, screen, and and uh, wind protection or scent control by mm-hmm. being in a closed up. It's one of those that if the wind's not favorable, let's say it's kind of somewhat out of the north, but we see some stuff kind of floating back towards the hill, we just keep the windows closed and know that really we're, we're pretty good. It's not far from a house either. So oh, scent sorry. is one of those things where a neighbor's house. Yeah. So scent's one of those things where if we can trick them into believing we're just another 150 yards up the valley, we're probably pretty good because they're used to smelling people like that, yeah. uh, that far off. So I forgot there is a vlog, too, that discusses this kind of setup yeah. as well. Go check we, out our YouTube page, yep. Land and Legacy, to kind of see some stuff. You're definitely going to want to watch it. After this podcast releases. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, donuts. What we're getting at is we had an encounter with donuts, so hang tight. Um, anyway, uh, so the layout's perfect. Well, donuts goes missing from September like 2nd or 3rd. He vanished. We didn't have any pictures of him. And I guess I want to say this with it all is when we say vanish. He wasn't not on the property. We just weren't getting pictures of him. Yeah. Like, the deer's still there. And I think that that's the uh, important What happened during that time frame was a major drought. Like, food sources changed drastically. Like, every early season, tons of food sources are changing. 
cameras are getting changed to different locations, all this different stuff. They just didn't get pictures of them, but the deer the deer was there. And so as, uh, as we were talking kind of early in the podcast, we don't really get excited too much early season unless there's just a killer, killer pattern. And so we're just kind of sitting back and letting things, if you will, develop as the October gets a little bit more deeper into the month. Some of the acorns are not as uh, plentiful out there, mm-hmm. white oak-wise. We start getting a couple pictures, and specifically, Chad pulled the camera when he got into town. Yeah, that was the big down thing. Down the big that, north bottom. And it was one of those that, with with the deer that are there, minus donuts, the other deer that are in the area, with the conditions that we had, knowing that cold front's coming, it was kind of one of those where it's like, you know what, let's go to the bottom. We would have gone to the bottom anyway to see what's in the area. Because it had no been hunted at, at all. at any point donuts could have showed up. But Chad checked the camera the day before we hunted and went, uh, we we had a video of donuts walking out into the field. Yeah. Uh, it was after dark, but he was in the area. Yeah. And that's one of those strategies where it's like, if you're looking for your cameras to show deer moving during daylight, you might look for a lot of a lot of the season waiting for daylight. And then when you see that daylight image, you're probably already late to the, it, to the game. It probably happened. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the thing. Like every whether whether it's information you're taking from last year that we talked about early in the podcast and talked about when we reviewed, if you will, our hit list for this year. That's all historical information. Trail cameras, they don't tell the future. It's all past information. You just need to pick up on the why did this deer move during the conditions in which the, the, the time that the picture was taken. It's all just banking that information. Yeah, there's some patterns, but how many how many times, and we talk about we we make fun of it, honestly, but let's say our region, and let's just say timber country, probably in general, there's very few times where you get like four or five days in a row <clears throat> of the same deer doing the exact same four thing. Four or five? I would say we're lucky to get it two days in a row or three days in a row a lot I mean, of times. Yeah, it just, like it would be unheard of really for, for us. For a to, mature deer to move during daylight for multiple days in a row. That's what we're saying. Yeah, on the same camera doing the yeah. same thing 15 minutes apart. We just don't experience that. No. And, and if you do experience that, that's when you start seeing like, if somebody's saying, hey, we got a mature deer on this plot every afternoon, I'm going, what? I'd like to know, is he <laughs> hunting a huge sanctuary, large track of ground? Because even the deer I killed last year, we had a, a somewhat, I'm doing air quotes right now, a pattern because he had went in front of this camera three times in the last week and a half. It was something so, like yeah, that. Something it was like, that. like, oh, he's yeah. in the area. And and that that was late October when we were yeah. getting that information. You killed what the second of November. Yeah. And so it's like that deer's just working that area. Yeah. And, and that's that's the thing of s- utilizing the trail cameras, knowing w- the information that they gather, but then knowing the information that they don't gather too, and realizing that if a deer's not on that camera that day, doesn't mean he didn't go through that area and you still couldn't have had a shot at him. I think that's where a lot of people got it. Like they put too much faith and stock into the the ca- camera predicting what they do, when they go, all these things. Like that deer still is in the area. There's still a chance. Yeah. So donuts showed up <clears throat> one time on that camera. after dark. After dark, but it wasn't late after dark. It, it was, was like, like eight something. I yeah. think. 
So, obviously, we knew historically that's a good area to get him. Wow, he's there. Cool he's back. Break. He's and, back. And then we've got the cold and he front came coming. and he's coming. He, this portion he's coming out of the coming out of the field. Seems like you know we're making a huge assumption, but just up the hill is one of the big betting thickets. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, he's probably bedded up there yeah. near that betting thicket now. Yeah. And he's just walking down the hill and coming out of the plot. Okay, great. Cold front's coming. He's in the area. This is the best chance, best place we got. From a from an obviously the the history and then the trail camera image as well as this is a cold snap. Like this is a a big temperature change here. Forage wise, they're probably going to be feeding pretty heavily on some soybeans at this point. We hadn't seen a ton of deer over abundance of deer. They'd pass no. through, but it's like you know what? If they're going to do it. That would be a night that they're probably gonna do it and do it during daylight. Yes, and and it was kind of whole. The whole hunt was, it's a cold front. We know deer are going to move before dark. We're in one of the best areas for uh, having a, a diversity of food to choose from. Lots of food in front of us. It's uh, it's in a valley uh, that we know we can just get in, close up the windows, and be really in a great situation so more uh, afternoon october the 12th chad and i headed in to hunt the redneck buck palace the donut stand and we got there pretty early um but i'm going to share a little bit i'm just going to be as transparent as i can with you guys on this story because i think there's a lot to we learned a lot and it's a story that i and i want to share this with you guys because I want you to know it would have been easy to never speak of this again. Um, we're in the stand. 20 minutes into the stand. I mean, it's 3.45, 4 o'clock. I don't even remember because we kind of just put our phones away and we're sitting there and trying to clean the windows up a little bit. Sun's just beaming down on us. You know, it's it's setting in the afternoon and just shining down on this side of the field and trying to clean up some of the windows I open up one of the windows, and there's three does already in the plot, 40 yards, looking at us. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. They are moving super early. And uh, ended up, uh, they bounce up into the woods and, and uh, are kind of, you can see them walking around up there. It's like, oh, my goodness, whatever. Go ahead and get the windows cleaned up because basically what it was was ragweed pollen caked on oh, yeah. dry glass. So we're trying to wipe that off and and do it as quietly as possible. Anyway, so we're sitting there, and we didn't see another deer until after 7 o'clock. So sunset, or last light is around 7.30, 7.45, somewhere in there. And uh, we didn't see another deer. We're sitting there. Temperature's dropping, and it's sidebar, side note, um, this is the first time I've tried a little bit warmer of the first light stuff. And uh, so, as you guys know, we're trying that out. And the windows, we had, we'd kind of gotten warm because of the sun because we were wearing a little bit, like I was wearing thicker pants. An extra layer. And an yeah. extra layer. And I was like, hey, you know what, let's crack these windows now. The wind is perfect, just blowing in out of the north northwest. And uh, we're sitting there, and, uh, I mean, you can just feel it in the air. Ooh, it's chilly. And uh, Chad goes, I think I can hear deer up the hill right up towards the bedding thicket, kind of mid-slope, somewhere in there we can hear deer. That's, We're it's funny, too. 
I don't know if I've if I've really sat in that bottom in let's say the last hour, 45 minutes, specifically the last half hour, really just didn't get dead still and quiet. You have the thermals working to your advantage with the creek, with the creek, with the slopes all kind of around you, pushing away from where the majority of deer come from. However, it gets dead quiet, and it's almost like being in an outdoor amphitheater, kind of the way those hills direct yep. that sound right down into that bottom. So oftentimes, I remember a hunt two years ago. Was that last year? That was last year, early last year, right? When we were when we were set up along, right on the creek in the sycamore. With turkeys? No, not with turkeys. With that big old like oh, train that was, of deer. That was, that was two years was that two ago. Years? Oh, dang. Yeah, that, that was actually the deer that I shot this past year, yeah. but he yeah. was a year before. It was yep. a buck we called Hippie, trailing yep. out and ended up being 17 deer. You yep. can hear those things coming forever. Forever. It's like, you hear that? And we just waited, and we waited. But it's weird because, like, again, the sound just kind of echoes down and just gets down to you, and you just hear things coming You know, if we'd, if we'd had the redneck closed up there. Oh, 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 that, yeah. We'd have killed that deer. Oh, because it well, walked right out in front of it. But that's that's why we set it there is because yeah. when we see deer coming out of that really tight pinch along the creek and the hillside, they don't hang out there like very often. They kind of get out and into the field. Yeah, that's why the redneck's where it's at. Yeah, but so you heard some stuff coming on. Down we could the hear field. some stuff, and right. and then you know five ten minutes later, camera for you camera guys at film cameras already gained up. And so it's already pretty dark. Adding light to the footage. Yes. For those who don't. And so we're adding artificial light to our camera. And, and, you know, Chad goes, hey, there's a deer over on the edge. And I look over, and as soon as I saw antlers, I said, that's him. That's donuts. (laughs) And he steps out in the field and walks 10 yards, head down, starts eating beans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is, I look over at the camera. Chad's running it. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, okay, he's hit record. Yeah, um, check one. <laughs> check one. Audio bars are bouncing. Check yeah. two. Okay, it's not last year already. Yeah. Um, and so, Deer is in frame. <laughs> Deer is in frame, and it's focused. By golly, we're going to win an award tonight. I, I can guarantee you when this gets dropped, we're going to get a text back from Chad about this. <laughs> so anyway, I'm like, boy, that, that thing looks good. And he's standing t- 10 yards into the field. So at this point, he's 75 yards. And he's eating beans. And he's starting at the base. Like down towards the bottom of the ground, he's going all the way up, just hammering beans, mm. slowly working his way. He got into the plot quick. Once he got in the plot, he stopped moving quick. And it's already after seven, so we were against less than forty minutes of of legal shooting light at this yeah. point. And um, I think it was probably more like seven fifteen. So mm-hmm. we've got thirty minutes, give or take. Well, he starts moving slowly. North. And I'll say this too, that bottom, because of the slope, the sun sets and gets shade quick yes. on this, this plot. So it's the sun, let's say it's set at 7, 7.15, it gets darker down there even earlier. Yes. So he's 75, 80 yards. We got 30 minutes of light left, maybe 20. I don't, I don't know. At this point, there is nothing in the world that we're really looking at, like where we're at. We're looking at this deer going, how do we get an arrow in him? And he begins to start slowly moving north. And there's like a line uh, you can clearly see in the field that it's 15 yards off the edge of the woods. And it looks like, you know, 
it looks like deer. It's like a little bit of a sway in the in sway. the in the ground. So looks like if he takes that, there ain't no way we're gonna be able to shoot him. And so the whole time I'm going, man, I wish there was something to bring him out. Now we have a mock scrape 25 yards out in front of the blind, but at this point it's October 12th. I'm like, there ain't a chance he's coming into it. All right, we're sitting there just watching him eat beans and eat beans and eat beans. And time is just going and going. And at, at one point, I'm almost like, I'm just going to set my bow down because he ain't going to make it mm-hmm. in the range. And it's getting – now camera is getting gained up. And uh, Before we um, get there, I will say Am this. I going to get to tell this story? Are you going to keep interrupting people, me? I'm going to keep interrupting. These people are like, oh, my gosh, what happened? But this, again, is a, a, a testament to, to the cold front. And that deer came out th- – let's say 45 or an hour earlier than what the camera did show him a couple days ago. Keep that in mind. That's, again, the power of why we're looking for cold fronts during October, especially big swings like this. Yeah, this is for a fully sure. mature animal who does not typically do this. No. These are the conditions. So we're 20 minutes for sure now. It's, it's starting to really fade light. Camera's gained up, and I – catch him looking back towards us but slightly to the south and it's like oh okay well, there's something else here whatever it is it's probably downwind so i hope they don't blow <laughs> yeah. and also we look out and 20 yards in front of the redneck is two young bucks walking out it's two little eight po- two and a half year old eight pointers that have been around this plot almost every night it seems like was it the same ones we saw yes okay they're working their way out in front of and matt's asking we From saw a different hunt uh, yeah. a week later hunting the same place um anyway um they start working towards him so i'm thinking okay if he breaks and comes towards him he's going to come to 30 yards mm-hmm. it's going to be a chip shot before dark perfect well nope he holds his ground they end up working towards him and now it's like, okay, this ain't going to happen. Uh, we're just going to have to sit here till midnight and wait on these stinking deer to clear the field, and which is a huge, if anybody hunts with me, knows that I hate clearing fields after dark or when you're climbing down. It's like a, a huge no-no for me. Um, and so watching these deer, and they're going along and feeding, and he's still just eating beans, eating beans. At this point, he's 60 yards Well, all of a sudden, he starts walking his way towards us. And then it's like, man, this might actually happen. Looking at the camera going, okay, Chad, we can still see him pretty good in light. Um, And I'm looking, kind of holding my bow up, looking at the pins, going, man, it better happen fast. Mm -hmm. Because I'm shooting towards a dark background. And, uh, or if I was going to shoot. Anyway, tick, 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 time keeps going. And... He light breaks, <laughs> and light is fading a lot faster than he's moving. Yeah. And he ends up uh, 45 yards, and I'm looking at the camera, and Chad's like, I can still see him. And I'm looking at it going, man, we got to be getting close to the end of legal shooting hours. It's, I mean, it, we're getting close. I can still see my pins. I could still shoot, but it's 45 yards, and he's quarter and two head down, not taking that shot. He ends up working his way to 41 yards is what my rangefinder said. Um, now, keep in mind, my rangefinder has three settings for the amount of light that the reticles show. So when I click the button, it's red. It's a Vortex Ranger, I think, rangefinder. And click it, and I'm on the medium setting, which I always use. Well, at this point, and where I'm shooting it, click, 
it's completely like it's hard to tell where I'm pointing it on him. I can see it's him. I'm clicking it. Because the glow is so so bright. bright. Yeah. It's 41 yards. Click. Looks like 41. I I believe I'm on him. Click. And uh, anyway, uh, these two young bucks are moving around and making sure they're not in the way. They're not all kind of getting ready to bang some antlers together and then kind of bust out. Chad's going, if we're going to shoot, we better do it quick. 41 those, those yards. Words you want to hear from a yeah, camera guy, too. Yeah, I don't even remember what he said, but it was kind of something, depressing. Something to the lines of now or never. And at the same time, we had this little discussion of, man, if we don't get a shot, like we're going to be stuck in this blind mm-hmm. for a while. And so in the back of my head, I'm going, if I don't shoot this deer, there's a good chance he's staying in this field for a while. Yeah. And if he does that, what's the what's the in, in hunting? What's the last thing you want a deer to know you as? They you don't you, you they can know your truck. They can know you, what you look like. They can know what you sound like. But I do not want them to know what I smell like. I don't want them to know what I'm hunting. And so Arrogant. I'm like, I do not want this deer to drift its way down, end up smelling us, and knowing we're we're here. So it's like, well, if I can get a shot, we're going to take a shot because I'm going to shoot him and kill him or, you know, the field's going to be cleared and we can get out of here. 41 yards. Draw back. Ooh, this is this is difficult. And I'm real I'm a guy who shoots two eyes open, but I'm really having to focus with just a one eye because it's just too low a light. I'm looking, making sure I can focus on my 40-yard pin on him. Now I'm focusing on him and making sure my 40-yard pin's there. And I'm just trying to play that game. If this is 30 minutes earlier, Smoke we're City. telling a different story. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, that's him. All right, let's 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 do this. And it's taken me so long, I hear Chad say, I'm still good. Meaning, yeah. this has taken longer than I've anticipated, but I want you to know yeah. that I'm still good. And, and I want you to know, respectfully... Take the shot. <laughs> yeah. And so I shoot, and my arrow goes below him, and I miss him. He trots or runs to the edge of the food plot then kind of goes up into the woods. The other like, deer don't even act like anything's gone. They're kind of like looking around going, what's Donuts doing? He does like the run kind of to the edge and then slow right down to like Yeah, slow down tip, tip, tip. and then go up in the woods. Kind of yeah. like, that was weird. Yeah. Having no idea what had happened. Right. Um, and so – in a, if you were to prioritize or rank out best case scenario all the way to worst case scenario, I'd say number one, obviously, kill the deer, ethically, short recovery, put your hands on him in no time. It's awesome. Right. Number two is a clean miss and the deer is not spooked. Yeah. That's what I was. Um, even though a miss sucks, I really am not that bummed about it. Um, the largest deer I've ever shot at, uh, we don't know what he'll score, but he's somewhere probably in the 60s, um, if not bigger. We have some people telling us he's a lot bigger. Yeah, I, I don't know, and I don't even want to think about it. But um, and, and it doesn't, and it doesn't matter. Like it, I, I like, I mean that. Like it doesn't really matter. It's the, it's the, the fact of putting all this stuff together, and making it work, finding these patterns deciding to hunt smart yep. and putting yourself in the position to have these opportunities. That's what, it, that's what, you know, 
antler score, I think, is is one a little bit of a indicative of let's say overall health of the deer, health of the habitat. That's great as an increment of measure, but from a harvesting standpoint, it doesn't really change anything. It doesn't really matter. No, uh, to really what what it is is it's a in sports it may not be like you're not hey I want to win I want to be the top dog but like in in hunting it really is we're just trying to pick the the probably the most difficult deer to hunt on the farm and target that deer um and that's that's who this guy is he's probably it just so happens the biggest ones are always that <laughs> yeah he's the oldest deer I yeah, I believe I think so and uh he's since he's the oldest deer now there might be does that but it's yeah, hard okay. to ID them Although the we white know. face doe, we know there's one. I won't. That we haven't seen her in a while. I've seen her on pictures. She'll show up. Yeah, I didn't miss her. I don't miss her. She's mean. Um, no, I mean I literally oh, missed well, her. Oh well, yeah, in the same food plot actually. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in a very similar situation. It was very it was dark yeah. and ve- she was very... part. She was a part of the train of seventeen that came out yeah. that night. Um, and we actually shot at her to clear the field. Um, so anyway. Or so we could get out of there. Not it didn't clear the field because she was the only one that worked her way yeah. back up. But anyway, nosy so donuts is kind of he's the oldest buck. He's just so happens to be the biggest buck. Um, he's kind of the peak dog because drawn at full circle. You know, five years ago there wasn't a mature deer on this farm, and through habitat work, habitat restoration. Food plotting, a lot of blood, a lot of sweat. Not so much blood, a lot of sweat, a lot of work. There's, He's there's now the biggest one, um, the biggest one in the area, and he's like the you know let's just the phrase apex. He's he's like the, the apex he's a poster buck. child. He's the guy, and so he's the one that's like, if you put your tag on him, it's like it all comes full circle. We just managed we started with management we grew this giant deer and now we were able to put our hands on him and uh with the donuts that's exactly why i think i said this earlier in earlier podcasts this fall but i'm not typically a guy that targets one deer it's usually the first deer that gets my heart going is the one i'm gonna shoot like last year uh whatever we called him hippie but he was just a nice 10 pointer it was like, well, whoever shows up, big show, tall eight, that buck. That was, whoever shows up, that's the one I'm going to take. The morning you hunted, that was just the stand to hunt. Yeah, and and it just happened. And honestly, that's the case for a lot of a lot of hunts that we go on. It's just like, where's the best place to be successful today? Whatever opportunity presents itself, boom, there yeah. it is. And but for for this year, donuts is different for me because it is such a largest deer you know i've been on the prairie hollow property now hunting it since 2005 14 years i've been there and this is the by far the biggest one to that i've ever gotten on camera there and we've been managing that farm now for three years well three years hardcore putting food plots on it for at least 10 years and it's like here's the top dog and now i'm going if there's ever a deer that i'm going to f- just focus on this is him so donuts lived we had one picture one video of him on october the oh it was like the 8th i, I believe is what day he was down on that bottom 
But now he is all over. And we've been getting a lot more pictures of him. The very next, and the very next, the very next day, he was working a scrape at 8.30. Daylight, beautiful. And uh, now we've got pictures of him close up. Uh, we got a lot more pictures of him. And he's still moving in daylight. We had another little cold front come through uh, a few days ago. And he, we had a picture of him in daylight. And now, so the game plan is we're waiting for the next good cold front. And the next good cold front, we're going to move back into place and uh, see if we can't capitalize on him. It's uh, it's it's really comes down to watching cameras and watching the weather, waiting on the next cold front. And I think the thing is, like, every, we'll probably hear a lot of talk like, oh, man, so sorry you missed him, this and that. It's like, dude, there's so much season left. Like, the, the cold fronts that come during October are gifts. Like, yep. they're, they're just – icing on the cake <clears throat> we totally didn't expect to have an encounter with this deer even in october like the, no. the play the setup the strategy is a rut hunt and then late season for this deer like as we're going into season so like this opportunity was it was a gift and it's like oh crap almost almost was able to make the most of it from like a, a sighting would have been fantastic yeah a shot opportunity is even more better but it's still one of those man this is just this is more intel <clears throat> this is telling us man setup positioning when all this stuff we've got that fine tuned that's we're, right we're we're where we need to be and when it comes time to truly truly put an arrow in that thing i, I mean we talked about it today at church after service is like every time we look at the stinking cameras it's like there's someone else kind of moving in who's this deer or it's like oh that deer's now he's he's seen over here he's showing up on that scrape whatever it is it's like there's just this i don't know why my mind goes to this but from an imagery standpoint it's like you know those uh posters whenever you're doing some fundraising and like they have like the tick marks oh, yeah, and you yeah, keep yeah, coloring yeah. in and you're getting closer and closer just rising rising it's like Going into let's say the tail end of this week, mid, middle of you know twenty fourth, fifth, and on is like prime time when we really get excited. Well, I killed sticker eight <laughs> on the twenty second, I believe, or twenty third. That was four years ago. Holy cow, it was four. And then since then, and that was a cold front yeah. uh, that came through, <clears throat> and we're getting a cold front. I, th- I guess it'd be the twenty fifth yeah. of this week. It's another. 24th and 25th. Uh, another batch of rain and some cooler temperatures. Cool so it's temps. like that's another time to jump in the stands and, and get after it. Absolutely. I mean, I've killed a couple deer early November in Kansas since then. And then last year you killed the the 2nd of November. I killed the 3rd. It's like we haven't even hit even close to prime time. So we're – we're positioned really well, and there's a lot of exciting things to see and come and happen on the place. And it's like, wow, we're. I feel very confident. The setup, oh, for and sure. The positioning, for we're sure. We're just waiting on the winds and the right time to really get in and try to hunt. Time to strike. So, yeah. guys, we are going to release this video probably this week uh, on our YouTube and Facebook. Just search Land and Legacy. And uh, you'll see the hunt. You'll see what we're talking about. You'll see some very grainy footage as I have to add some uh, 
some lighting to this uh, to this footage, but you're definitely going to see a big glowing green knock. Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and, Go below uh, the white belly line. <laughs> white belly line. Um, a little bit of a side note, too. When I went back the next day to get the arrow, because we just got out of there, we did not spook a single deer when we got out of there because it was a full moon, um, which had nothing to do with the movement, by the way. Oh, really? Um, Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the I was, I full was, moon uh, came uh, up. I don't even know, but at some point we sat there for a while, and then you could see everything in the food pot, and there was nothing, and we snuck out of there, came back the next day, got my arrow, stepped it off from the blind, and it was 44 yards. Mm-hmm. Don't know what really happened, if my range finder, if I just clicked it just above his back because it was so dark or what. Well, but that arrow traveled just a few yards past. On well, the you can see his hoof tracks. That's uh, the thing. Gotcha. Um, you can see where he loaded up and took off. So, Anyway, um, definitely uh, going to be back after donuts soon. Several other deer were chasing. Chad had a great encounter Ooh. with snakes. We didn't even yeah. mention. Yeah. Um, Basically, during that cold front, the next yeah. wasn't the next day. It was two, two days, days later, yeah. I believe. It was yep. a Sunday. Yep. And you and guys had a good hunt two days ago. I mean, there wasn't a mature deer that you guys saw, but oh yeah, I still had a really neat encounter with a beautiful yeah. up and comer. Really nice. Beautiful. Really nice nine pointer. So. Um, yeah, it's been a great season so far. We've hunted this year more than we have last year. Uh, doing a lot more, getting some time down there and, and, uh, a lot more colder weather to actually get us out and doing it, but it's felt like hunting season for sure. And so hopefully, uh, you guys are getting some time out there, uh, enjoying your hunts. Um, just enjoying the experience is a great time to be in the woods. You know, there's a lot of leaves starting to change. Mm-hmm. Seasons starting to really change. And uh, it's it's just a very, very fun time to be out there. So we enjoy you guys. for Thank you guys for joining us uh, on another week. Um, and it's the time of the year you don't want to miss podcasts because every week <laughs> we're going to be giving you a hunting update. Um, and there's maybe a week where we're going to be telling you a successful story. Real quick. There is a social media giveaway going on oh, this right. week. Facebook and Instagram, we've got some new hats in, new styles, turkey patches. Yeah, that sounds crazy, but turkey season will be here very soon. We've been sold out. Turkeys were the turkey hats were the ones that we sold out the quickest. Yep. Now we took them to NWCF. National <laughs> Turkey Federation <laughs> yeah. convention, so that's why. But we uh, have them back in stock. Two colors. We Two have, cool colors, too. Man. We have uh, deer colors back in stock, and we have some quail hats remaining. And there's still a few shirts online, so go check out the giveaway. Yep. And you have to share it and like the page on Facebook, and you have to tag a buddy and like the page on Instagram. Like and the so, post. Yep. Like the post, Yes. So, but someone will be, or two people will be getting a free hat of their choice sent to them from us. So, y'all go participate in that and be sure to be watching the YouTube channel for hunts and this hunt in particular to kind of follow up from the podcast and let you guys see exactly the situation that unfolded there on donuts. That's right. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Yeah.